Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. What is going on, guys? You're listening to Nick Ish. You got your guys, Mo Fies, and City coming at you with another episode about Knicks basketball. Because guess what, y'all? The New York Knicks are not only in the playoffs, but won their first opening game on the road in over 20 years. And this episode is a special one because it's what we call our guest of the month episode, where we bring in the biggest Knicks fans we can find and have them join our show. And today's guest is definitely one of them dudes. But first, check out our website, nick-ish.com, and enter promo code Nickish Playoffs because we have a limited time buy one, get one 50% off offer. So go ahead and copy yourself some Nickish gear and wear it to MSG at games three and four. We would love to feature you guys on our page. Uh, now bring in my guy, Faiz. What's going on, bro? Playoff glow, baby. Everyone in the fucking room right now, I just seen it. Like, there's just like, it's a different energy. You can feel the vibes. And this is this is without even playing at MSG. This is just winning game one against the Cavs. Like, I'm just happy to – I'm happy to, that we won the game, but I'm even happier that I got to be with you guys and talk about this win right after, you know, the next morning. So, uh, how you doing, Sid? How you feeling? I can see the smile. I can feel the smile <laughs> from fucking Kentucky, bro. <laughs> Look at him laying back, bro, chilling. Like, he's got no hair in the world. What a feeling. So, like – yeah, I mean, I'm doing. Y'all know me. I'm always great, but uh, I'm gonna take a page out of the book of David Letterman. My next guest needs no introduction, baby. We have, yeah. but he's gonna get one anyway. We got Mr. Danny B from uh, Nick's Morning Morning After Drive, the Nick's Wall, Nick's Wall Weekly. If you've heard this, if you've heard anyone talk about the Knicks on Twitter, I promise you, you have heard this man speak. You have heard this man talk, and and. Our boy is a new father. Congrats, my boy. How is it? How is everything? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. No, absolutely, man. Thank you guys for having me. It's uh, first of all, I was telling Mo, it's been a long time coming. I think me and Mo met up. Oh, definitely. Game one. Literally game one of this past season. Yep, definitely a while ago, man. Um, so it's definitely a pleasure, that's for sure. And especially after uh, the Knicks get their 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 uh, first playoff win in a couple years, you know, let alone on the road, you know, like Mo said, 20 years, man. Like everybody's got a glow this morning. Everybody. And uh not just me, but uh my daughter too. I gotta say, she uh she tried to stay up for the game. She gave a valiant effort, you know, she fought fought the tiredness, but uh she succumbed to it and, and fell asleep. So by the time she woke up, the Knicks won. But um, she she's she's a good little fan, man. Ten months old, I gotta say, she's uh, oh, looks awesome, dude. That's so cool. Like when and when the game's on, like she's up and watching. She's like not just not paying attention. It's funny. So um, but yeah, no, it's a great time to be a, a brand new Knicks fan. You know what I'm saying? Knicks uh have not only won their first playoff game, but um, did so in a fashion that kind of left a lot of room for improvement. You know, still, and um, to do that on the road and steal game one. That's it's definitely an accomplishment, you know, so um, it's great to do. But as Tibbs would say, you got to look to the next one. Right. You know what I mean? Like uh, we celebrate it today, but tomorrow it's on to the next 100 percent. Right. And you so know, how, how you guys feeling about it with 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 this? Um, with, I, I think like one thing that I, I've seen, at least um, this felt like a typical 
Cavs game that the Cavs probably should win versus a atypical Knicks game that the Knicks should probably lose. But when you win a game one like that on the road, um, what what does what do you think that does for like the locker room, the confidence, and just like just for the fan base? What do you, what do you like? What what does that do for for us in terms of the confidence? In terms of being able to say like, hey, we got the monkey off our backs. We 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 finally did the thing that we needed to do. And not only that, but like, like you had Randall, right? Not going full force. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you saw Obi, Obi check in what, six minutes, six and change in that first quarter, six and change in the third quarter. You know what I mean? So you saw little things like that. And Randall after the game said, you know, he was gassed, you know, he was breathing heavy. But um, it's things like that that allowed us to, you know, have control most of the way through this game, you know? Um, like you said, it was tough towards the end of the game, you know, they, the Cavs kind of made a little bit of a run for it, but the Knicks kind of, you know, you felt like they had this game the whole way through. You never really felt like, uh, you know, it was the other way around. Like you said, it was kind of like a prototypical Cavs game in a way, but at the same time, like Knicks, Knicks pretty much had control most of the way through, you know, and then it was kind of classical Knicks towards the end of the game there. But for the most part, they showed you that, uh, you know, there's a lot left on the table and still they were able to handle their business. And I think that that itself says a lot. Yeah, I agree. To your guys' point about like how, how the fan base is feeling and whatnot. Like when it got to those last four minutes and, and like Donovan Mitchell scores and they're up like a point, I, I'm sitting there like t- my friends are talking to me. They're like not Knicks fans, but they're like, they don't really watch basketball. And they're like, Hey, what's going on? Like, could you describe to me like how you're feeling? I'm just like, it's over. Like it's over. They took the lead. Like I've been here too many times. I was here last year for uh, two years ago for game one against the Hawks at MSG. And we saw it. The Knicks had control most of the way through. And then when a guy like Donovan Mitchell comes through and imposes himself onto the Knicks defense, like, it's like, what do you do? You're, you're just shook. But it, I feel a uh, lot of that uh, is that PTSD. Like, yeah, we got Jalen Brunson. Like, I, yes. I feel like like we were talking about it earlier in the waiting room, but it's like, I feel like uh, I'm, uh, imposter syndrome. Like, I'm wearing the emperor's clothes. I feel like I don't know how to feel having a guy like a player like Jalen Brunson's level, ha- like be able to answer the call and then have a guy like Josh Hart paired with him to answer the call against a guy like Donovan Mitchell. And, you know, people are saying it yesterday. It seems like the, we, we found the cheat code and I'm glad that we have one of them. We saw Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox do it together. We saw Jalen Brunson and Hart do it together. The college teammates yes. might be the cheat code. Yes. And the Knicks have the cheat code. Let's go. Yes. Like, it's It's been a sight to see, man. You know what I'm saying? And like just both of those guys, you know, like when you were watching Grimes shoot those free throws at the end of the game, right? You saw Donovan Mitchell kind of trying to, you know, trip him a little bit, get in his head, right? But like behind Grimes, you got Brunson and, and Josh Hart sitting there, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then what happens? Brunson sees Mitch, uh sees Mitchell talking to Grimes. He comes right over, he leans into Grimes, he's like, bro, you know what I'm saying? Like that right there, that cohesion, you know, and, and it's just Man, like, yes, the wings obviously are, are a piece to the cheat code, but, like, it's deeper than that. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, the bonds that these guys have, and the best part is they're going against another guy that they have that bond with, and there's two of them on our side. You know what I'm saying? So it's like that 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 mental aspect to it, too. Like, there's so many layers to this uh, to this, this matchup. I, I just love it, man. I really do. Yeah, I mean, you, you said it, that mental psyche is so crucial, and that's kind of the role of a point guard as the captain and leader on the floor. I mean, that's... That's what Brunson brought to the team is that is that balance that we were sorely missing for years. The, the best signing of the 21st century, I want to say right there, is Jalen Brunson easily. <laughs> and <laughs> I say like that's a hot take, but <laughs> uh, it's, it's, sure. it's, it's, it's easy. To, yeah. And, you know, 
it's fitting when it's the the guy who iced the game is the guy that the Knicks wouldn't budge on when it came to train for Donovan Mitchell. I mean, he only scored four points, but those last two that got us the W, that's it's fitting that Quinn Grimes was the guy to to seal the game for us. I mean, that's some shit that even Vince McMahon couldn't have written. And there's just <laughs> a sight to see. Um, and once Mitchell was once Donovan Mitchell got that two point lead, I mean, it was the the Villanova boys that got the five points right after to keep us in. I mean, that was a huge shot from Josh. You just Hart. brought me back like the anxiety that I had last night, like just watching Grimes shoot those two shots, knowing like if he hits these both, like we probably we're probably winning this game. Like, oh man, the, the anxiety I had last night, man, that fourth quarter. Yeah. Turnovers are uh, there, uh, but it, oh, it's funny. It's funny. So bad. Um, and I, mean, I think I said this going on into wax the fourth. too. Mm-hmm. I think I said it on wax too. I was just like, Hey, Every time this Knicks team has their backs against the walls, they respond and they've done it all season. So, like, for as worried as everyone was last night, I wasn't like, like, I can proudly say, like, I was just like, I mean, yeah, they got the lead back, but like, this is, this is poise. This is, this is pedigree. This is, this is what good basketball teams do. And, and they've shown you that they're capable of it already. All the season, season long, right. all season long. And then I, but you can still have thing. anxiety for free throws at the end of the game like that, man. You know what Teflon, I'm saying? Teflon, bro. I Donovan was Mitchell Teflon. getting his ear. I'm like, oh god. I was Teflon, dog. And and I think I think you alluded to it earlier, but um, there is a stark difference in the roster construction of the Knicks and the Cavaliers. I think one thing that the Knicks do incredibly well is they balance having wings. They, they balance like the, the litany of wings that they have and and forwards that allow for certain levels of talent to to shine with a point guard. And then I think that the Cavs have probably the better guard situation. But again, it's that guard situation, it's it's very volatile because like the, the the Cavs cannot afford for these guys to have a bad game. And so, Danny, look what, at the minute you, spread, you know, so so. T- Talk to me more. T- tell me what what are you what are you thinking when it comes to roster construction of of this team and and how roster construction with wings and with with playable forwards, um, how, how does that how does that impact a playoff game specifically? Oh well, there's so oh, many. Sorry, I just I just got to cut in real quick. What Do it. having done a couple episodes now with Sid for the past few weeks, it's always some random shit on his side of the screen, whether it's pizza <laughs> or just him like. Him going off right now with a great question. There's a there's a cattail just in his face. <laughs> yeah, my cat and my dog are like on my bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Go go ahead, Danny. No, man, it's it's super important. Like 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 uh, you know, Faze was saying earlier. Like we mentioned it in the waiting room. You know, like it, it's super important. The Cavs made that big swing for Donovan Mitchell, but they really didn't do anything afterwards. You know, so it's like at some point, obviously, they're gonna definitely retool things to kind of not only make the chemistry work, but the, the lineups themselves, you know what I'm saying? The mix of the wings and the guards that they have. And it's like what they have right now, it's okay. Clearly that's what got them through most of the season. Right. But now you're in the playoffs and you're leaning heavily only on what eight guys, you know what I mean? Where we could technically go deeper if we need to, but we've leaned on these eight guys all season long. So they've rode these minutes already. Like it's, it's nothing new, you know what I mean? But Though just if if you looked at the minute spread last night and how many like Mitchell played, how many um, Garland played, like it was literally like 43, 41, yeah. like 38, 40, like insane. You know what I'm saying? Like ours is not that heavy, 
But even if it was, I think our guys would be well suited for it because, again, they've been doing it all season long. You know what I'm saying? But the best part is we don't need to. Right, and you, I'm you like, know how crazy it feels to say that we have a Tom Thibodeau team that is <laughs> using minutes correctly. Thirty-four was the highest awesome. I think by Randall. Thirty-four. I mean, the dicks are amazing. Well, well, hold on. Let's let's throw a caveat in there because Randall is still coming back from injury, right? right. So no, you no, no, know, no. and Ob come game four well five helps with that. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it definitely does. It hundred percent does. Um, but I just feel like Randall's minutes are definitely only going up. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's for sure. But the, the beauty of it last night was he didn't force anything. You know what I'm saying? Like the way that he eased himself back into the game was just, you know, like it, it was, it was perfect. And, um, I'd kind of like to see that demeanor follow suit the rest of the games through, but I just have a feeling with the more minutes he plays, the more intensity, you know, comes along with it and you lose some of that, but you know, that's all right. That's what this next team is, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, to your guys' point, I was going to ask you, Danny, about a little bit to, to elaborate a little bit more on how you felt about Tom Thibodeau's coaching. Because I feel like we've seen it since that Mavericks game earlier in the season where the Knicks lost. The, the minute distribution has been much different. We've seen him, like, ever since he cut out the fat, cut out Derrick Rose, cut out Everett Fournier from the lineup, we've seen a whole different Tom Thibodeau. But, you know, Knicks fans were still a little bit concerned that coming into playoffs, we might see the old Tom Thibodeau, the way he's coached with the Bulls, the way he coached with the Timberwolves in these situations. But we did get to see, you know, in the first quarter after Randall played a few minutes with Randall have, making two important threes, having the hot hand. He still took them out and trusted Obi Toppin to play some really crucial minutes. You know, we saw when Jalen Brunson, which I personally felt like that was part of the Cavs' uh, uh, game plan to uh, get him some uh, ticky-tacky fouls early. You know, we're saying three fouls early, so he has to come out uh, IQ coming in the game. H how do you feel about Tom Thibodeau's coaching change and, in general, just trust in these young guys? So I feel like Tibbs made great adjustments. You know what I mean? Starting obviously back on December 4th when he made the rotation, um, you know, shorter to begin with. But and, and I, I just I guess let me just mention it just to mention it. I'm sure that there was pressure for him to do so to begin with. But since that's been working, it's almost like he's kind of been open to it and just going with it. And um, listen, the words out on Tibbs, you know, what I'm saying like you hear everybody talking about how he he does the same thing. It's very rigid. You know what I'm saying? Very old school mentality, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, you've seen it start changing over the last six months. You know what I mean? Or, or however, in reality, five months, I guess. Um, but that's the thing is I feel like he's kind of gotten to a point where he understands what's needed long term and he still holds to it. Right. So, yeah, you got Randall back. But he didn't ride Randall till, you know what I'm saying, till the till the metal hit the, you know what I'm saying? It was sparking. Um, you know what I'm saying? He still eased them back in, knowing it's we still got, you know what I'm saying, a big playoff run. It's not just this game, you know. And I think that he's kind of settled a little bit into uh, a sense of comfortability, you know what I'm saying, with himself and trusting those instincts a little bit more. Like you said, trimming the fat was huge. Huge. The fact that he sat Fournier the, the way that he did, the fact that they made a decision against Cam Reddish, whether it was for or against it, they made a decision and, and moved forward and didn't look back. And he's held to his, um, you know, his regimen since then. But it's a different type of regimen. You know what I mean? It's been more flowy with the game. And that was one of my biggest gripes with him is that he never coached to a flow of a game, you know, so consistently. It was always just so rigid. And it's like, there's more to it and you've seen it now pretty much since January right where he's been looking at who performs best out there throughout the course of the game between RJ between IQ between Grimes and then he leans on those choices towards the end of the game you know what I mean so last night like you saw him do the same thing you've seen other instances where he benches RJ for quick um you know and and 
that's it's needed. It's it's what's best for the team. It's not just because RJ is RJ and he needs to be out there. No, it's it's you know what? Quick gave me more of this game on the defensive end, and that's what we need right this second. You know what I mean? So I'm gonna ride with quick or vice versa with Grimes or vice versa with RJ. RJ had a great game and he's gonna stick with RJ. It's the options and the fact that he can kind of see that throughout the game now and make a decision and rock with it. And the fact that it's not the same one every time, you know, he's kind of going by the flow of the game. That's a huge piece to it. That's a huge piece to it. So his coaching um, and his ability to coach on the fly like that is going to be huge. You know what I mean? He's got experience in the playoffs way more than JB Bickerstaff, um, obviously. And he needs to lean on that and use that experience and not just what what's worked and what's failed, but what's worked and what could be different about what's worked to, uh, you know, to, to gain you more ground going forward. I think he's done a pretty good job doing so. And he did so in game one uh, very well, in my opinion is also. Yeah. I mean, just, let's just look at the game plan, how it was. We understand that this team, the Cavs is top heavy. I mean, Donovan Mitchell took 30 shots. That's, that's more than the second and third guys combined. I mean, 13 and 13 from the, from second most shots. And the game plan was, uh, after the pick and roll trap, trap Donovan Mitchell, make him pass it out to somebody else. And we've seen it time and time again. He'll pass it out to guys like Evan Mobley, who wouldn't be able to make that short, short roll. And he'll, he'll just rim out. And I mean, when you have a game where Isaac Okoro is tied for the second most three pointers attempted, that's, that's good. That's solid. I mean, it's only four threes, but at the same time, that's, if that's a strategy, then, then we're doing it right. It's reminiscent to the way the Hawks played, played the Knicks a couple of years ago, focus on Randall, let everybody else, kind of do their thing and they're going to miss and right and you, to make yeah. and you nailed it when you're talking about tips having that coaching experience in the playoffs way more than jb bickerstaff i mean what did bickerstaff do he assigned chetty osman to jalen brunson <laughs> and said yo yo take it one-on-one and what what happened brunson saw that and he took that shit he took that shit personally he he he, he tapped into in that inner michael jordan and then just went at him time and time again bucket after bucket how many points did he score in the second half? 20, 20 something, 20. Uh, he ended with all but like four. First, exactly. Yeah, yeah all but like four or five. Yeah, he, yeah. he went so, crazy. He I don't know what was the going had to change their, the Cavs had to, at the end, change their game plan. They definitely went into the game thinking one thing, and then uh, they, they had to adjust, and the adjustments just didn't work. And that's like the you best, said, man. Yeah. Teddy me, Osman. They're going to have to keep doing that <laughs> because it changes on a game-to-game basis, right? So, like, next game, watch Randall go off. Brunson's second fiddle. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's going to change so much. And that's the best part about our team is it's so diverse in terms of impact. You know what I mean? There's so many areas that you can get impact from more in each game. And um, that's huge. And that's what they have to worry about. You know, I was watching post game, even from Cavs, right. And you see JB Bickerstaff talking and saying, you know, he, he talked a lot about experience, you know, in playoff experience, these guys have to go through the, the motions, go through the, you know, the, the pressure, um, the intensity of a game to game basis and know what it's like. You can't know what it's like until it's there, but he kept making little comments like, you know, that they made mistakes. They'll make mistakes again, little things like that. And it's like, doesn't sound like, a, a, you know, he's speaking from a, a place of confidence, you know, and to your guys point, you know, Donovan Mitchell is clearly carrying the the brunt of of the workload. So if we know that, where else is it going to go? Is it all of a sudden going to shift completely to Garland and back off? No. So we, we don't have to change too much of a game plan. You know what I mean? And the thing is, they have to keep on their toes because we can absolutely shift gears. Like we saw game one, Brunson only playing nine minutes in the first half. Knicks were still able to get it done, right? They were up six after the first quarter, uh, up five at halftime, up eight after the third. You know what I'm saying? They controlled the game most of the way. And they didn't have a lot of their pieces, um, you know, i.e. Brunson. 
Barrett not playing great, not getting able, you know, the bucket to fall. Um, IQ, what do you hit? One three, you know what I mean? And it's like uh, there's so much more potential, so much more. Yeah, and I think that's why these conversations between guys like us who watch every single Knicks game have been watching every single Knicks game for years. That we've continued to talk this. about it exactly because we're expecting it, but also to make it clear for us internally that this isn't a facade, that this is actually real and it's happening, and that the well, Knicks are actually a competent team structure top to bottom and shout out to Leon Rose. He got Josh Hart. That was, that's a, that's a huge steal. Uh, and the way he signed Jalen Brunson is huge. Steal. I mean, we're paying Jalen Brunson the most that we ever will for, at least for this contract. And um, the fact of the matter for Knicks fans is that we're watching a team that actually knows what it's doing. And it's okay to have expectations and to not, you know, as, as hard as it is to continue with cautious optimism, I think it's, it's okay for us to actually, feel confident in our in our squad right now well the way that the game played out i think it definitely leaves a lot to you know like like we said earlier you know what i'm saying it leaves a lot more to the imagination the knicks just won on the road with you know a team that pretty much played i don't want to say half ass but to maybe half of their potential right they made a ton of mistakes how many turnovers um but they still took care of the little things and won the game so it's like that leaves so much more to uh to see and the fact that they took care of business and still you know, only what went 70, 80%. I mean, it's like that, that alone is what Knicks fans should be riding on. The fact that we got game one in hand and we didn't even play our best ball. You know? Um, so I, I think you alluded to it earlier. You, you talked about the rigid, like how rigid tips can be. But I, I think, like you said, we, we've talked about how the Knicks have trimmed fat and everything like that. And so with tips becoming less rigid and kind of putting more into the developmental side of the Knicks, what are you seeing from guys like Obi, IQ, and uh, in Grimes in terms of being more free flowing and way less rigid as Tibbs has gotten less rigid? So I feel like it's 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 a little bit on on them, right? Like guys like Obi, like they kind of took it upon themselves to to make an impact, right? Like Obi's not just sitting in the corner anymore. Now he's he's moving without the ball and giving the rest of his teammates options. Um, you know, he he had what? How many bounds last night? I think he had six. Um, so he's helping out there too, where that's been a weakness on his part for the most part. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of fans have recognized that. Um, he's just doing more to make himself more valuable. And I think that that is, that's what Tibbs is looking for. You know, Tibbs says it all the time. I like good basketball players. Well, what's a good basketball player? It's, it's a guy that's, you know, not one dimensional, you know, he works on both ends of the side of, of the court. I think Obi gives you that, um, IQ. I mean, definitely should probably be all defense, you know, on one of the teams this year. I mean, guy was incredible all season long. Um, His shot wasn't falling the first half of the year, but he leaned heavy on his defense. And that's what continued to give him more opportunities that allowed that confidence to come back around shots fall. Same with Grimes, right? I mean, Grimes' defense all season long, his shot, again, struggled a little bit in this back half of the season. We're starting to see that confidence show through his shots falling. Um, and although, you know, he's got games like last night, he only gets, you know, puts up four points. He does so much more that doesn't show up on the score sheet. And that is why um, Tibbs goes to him, you know? And so those are just three guys that have shown so much over the course of the season. And although um, guys like Obi maybe haven't had a ton of time to be able to showcase it, but they've made the most of those opportunities. And I think that's why Tibbs is confident in being able to rely on them, you know? Mm-hmm. And, they, and they've shown it, they deserve it. Right. And, and so w- with, th- with this, um, we play off depth. Do, do you, do we think that the Knicks have the deepest bench, not only in the league, but in the playoffs? <laughs> I was told the bench doesn't matter. You know, let me, people have been telling me that all week. I was, and I was told that the bench doesn't matter much. 
even let's let's say that you know what i mean and to me it's just hogwash you still have to play three other guys that are on your bench that are going to have to have some kind of an impact right so right. the knicks having literally five guys on their bench that they could throw into that three man rotation at any given point means to me that they have the deepest bench in the league and it's funny that you asked that Sid because i always keep something in my head i saw garland say like 2 days ago um literally in a, in a press conference like i i think we have the best bench in the league and for him to say that blew my mind. It blew my mind. It's just, it's crazy. Because then you see things like Cavs fans saying, you know, like, I think Brunson is, uh, you know, on the same level as Garland. Crazy. It's, it's <laughs> oh, just, my God. They, they don't watch the Knicks. You didn't watch 82 games of the Knicks this year. And I'm sorry. What they've shown me in these 82-game stretches is is what we're seeing right now. And it's going to take them to prove it to everybody else. But I'm here for it. No, I'm you know? sorry. Guys like that don't just watch basketball because we're talking about Jalen Brunson. We saw what he we saw what he did to, we saw him do it to Donovan Mitchell last year on a different team without Luka Doncic with a shittier bench. Like, come on, guys. You guys are showing that you guys don't watch. Forget Knicks basketball. I understand. Maybe we're just crazy fanatics and stuff. Go go touch grass. Go watch another game, bro. We'll go watch something else. But anyway, I don't want to get too much into that. I want to talk a little bit more about the bench and I want to talk a little bit specifically more about Josh Hart, you know, like Hart, Hart, Hart. Like, I feel like we didn't, like we, we touched on him a little bit, but 17 and 10 last night. In his first playoff game, like you could tell how hungry he was for this opportunity to finally play. Like he's played on good teams. He played with the Lakers before, you know, on the Blazers. They they missed the playoffs and whatnot. But, you know, finally getting this opportunity with a guy like Jalen Brunson, it's crazy to see. And, you know, I'm saying heart, heart, but I, I'm talking about heart and Hartenstein because shout out to him, man. Both these guys. Hartenstein was big. He had a huge, huge rebound last night. Um, he had a big block in, in the beginning of the fourth quarter. Um, Hart's been great, man. He had a great both impact. of them, fantastic. Yep. And you Dude. know, when, when you get a guy like Josh Hart who grabs five offensive rebounds, matching your starting center's offensive rebounds, out rebounding him in general by two rebounds, like how many people can say that they have a guard like that on their team? That hustle rubs off on the other guys, and like you guys were alluding to, guys like IQ, guys like uh, RJ Barrett, Quentin Grimes, maybe didn't have the greatest shooting performances, but. The, the the defense, the hustle, that's all rubbing off. And um, so I, RJ, I, RJ had seven points last night. He had four steals. Super timely three, too. Super, super timely three. Like super, super timely three. Like 100%. perfect timing, perfect timing three. But, uh, but I want to focus on the bench, though, real quick, because right. it, it, it it is important, right? Like the bench, you still have to lean on them regardless. Obviously, it's a little bit tighter of rotation. People are going to lean on your, your starters heavy. But the fact that this team doesn't have to, is a plus. We've had games where the bench has been a plus 70, right? Just last night, game one, bench was a plus 44. They had 37 points. I mean, that's that's great. You can't ask for more. You know you what I'm saying? You don't see that. They you do don't see that in the rest of the On a regular basis, right? And these guys do that on a regular basis. You got, you got Josh Hart, right? There was one play last night where he, um, he, he did a, dib, a dribble handoff to Brunson. Brunson takes a three. Josh Hart got the rebound. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like he literally just handed the ball off to Brunson at the top of the three and he got all the way down there and got the rebound, like just little things like that. You know what I'm saying? So Josh Hart, big rebounding was, was huge last night, adding 17 points, you know, to boot. Um, You got Hartenstein, Hartenstein coming off the bench, backing up Mitch, right? Mitch, clearly one of the best offensive rebounders in the league. You got Hartenstein coming off the bench on top of it. Who else is, is that deep at the center position? 
where you have a, a guy like Hart who's giving you what, what did he have last night? Nine points. Um, I think five bounds, five or six bounds. It's just everybody focuses on rebounding. And that right there is a huge thing. And if you look at where the Cavs were throughout the season and rebounding, they were on the bottom of the bunch. Knicks were on the top. That's going to be a huge different maker, difference maker in this series. And the fact that you can lean on the bench to add to it, it's only going to help. Yeah. And then just ex- just talking about the offense of the Knicks, when you see how how the Knicks are able to spread out the the defensive presence of the guy like of the Cavs of Evan Mobley of Jared Allen, how how valuable is that when it comes to when it comes to just not only winning basketball games but winning basketball games in the playoffs, being able to have this multifaceted attack and these and these multi level players that are able to score it any at any junction in the court like how how important is that to winning to winning playoff series not only in the first round but potentially against a team like the bucks where Giannis is probably the best help side defender in the nba but if we're taking help side defense out you're now taking away the strong suit of possibly the best player in the nba it's huge it's absolutely huge right like because you see a basketball team, right, that doesn't do things like that, where, say, they'll they'll pull the center power forwards out, right, and you have all this open space now, and nobody does anything, right? Guys are just standing in the corner. What's the point of that, right? The best part about this Knicks team, and especially the bench, is that they've all gotten so much better at moving without the ball. So you have guys like Hartenstein cutting himself, right? Or if he has the ball, he's looking for the cut. Right. How many other centers are, are, are that on point with the movement like that? Like, it's just it's such an added bonus. You know what I mean? And that to me is going to be such a huge piece. You got a guy like Jared Allen. He lives in the paint. Right. There was so many times I saw him out on the three point line last night that he was just getting pulled. He He's going to be on a string. He lost. He's going to be on a string all series. I've been saying this all week long. And that's huge because our guys know how to cut. And that is winning basketball. That's what we're seeing. People don't expect the Knicks to be doing it. Yeah. And we're seeing a lot of, you know, we're seeing RJ Barry getting a lot of flag. What are your thoughts on him? Is it a, is it one of those situations where, you know, there's more to the story than what the numbers show? Probably. They're probably right. When, when somebody makes a drop off that consistently and it's been all season long, there's probably something like that that's behind it. But the thing is, when it applies to this Knicks team, the Knicks have done so well throughout the entire season amidst RJ struggling. So how much does RJ really even, Yes, there's a baseline that he has to achieve and play to each game, right? But as long as he at least adheres to that, that that's, you know, the Knicks are fine. The thing is, for me, this is why RJ is an X factor, because you're looking for an X factor to be something that isn't always there. But if it pops up, it's going to make an impact. And that's what RJ is right now throughout this season and in this postseason. So, you know, he's there. And yeah, he hasn't had major impacts game to game. But if he does... It's just, it's extra, it's extra, right? It's just cake at that point. Um, so I'm not really looking at it as it's too big of a thing. Um, you know, he, his role has changed so much on this team and each year that he's played on this team, it's just another, it's just a case of now he's got two other guys that are in front of him and he's got to figure out how he can impact the game on a consistent basis from his new role. And I think that's the thing. And I think he's slowly found it throughout the season, but I think that the thing is, is it changes game to game and he has to accept that it changes on in a game to game, you know? So if he's shooting, you know, it takes three threes in the first quarter alone, none of them go. Okay. 
Take a step back, see where else you could fit in. Who else's threes are going off? Let's feed that and let's start driving more. And I think that as he starts accepting the idea of that alone, which I, I feel like I've I've heard him mention that in a postseason, a post a post game press conference, saying that um you know one thing for him this season was you know seeing so much talent come together and being able to work together in in, in a different way. So you're you're hearing him understand it also. But I think once he really fits in and figures it out, he'll be fine. And I think that's all it is. You know, he's still pretty much averaged twenty points per game. Uh, amidst Brunson and Randall also doing it. So I don't think it's too worrisome. Um, you know, listen, let's see what he, he, you know, how he finishes this out and let's see what, what he does in the summer. Yeah. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter because we got the W, but at, like just off the first quarter, I think within the first couple of minutes, we saw him uh, get two steals back to back and dished out to Randall. That's how Randall got his first two buckets and got him going in his first half. And we know how Randall played the rest of that half, dropped like 16 points leading the team going into the half without Brunson really being there for it. So, I mean, <laughs> RJ two for 12, but still guys, six assists, still guys, four Led the steals. Team. Led the and team he, assists. there, yeah. And there are moments where he was guarding Mitchell one-on-one. I think yes. that's what Cleveland was going for. They were, they're targeting RJ, getting him off the pick and roll. And RJ still held his own to a point. I mean, you know, Donovan Mitchell is one of the best offensive talents in the NBA for good reason. So it's not always the easiest assignment, but RJ still held his own. And again, as long as you played to your role per game and changes per game, like you mentioned, it's, it's all good. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not worried about RJ. To that point, I thought Grimes guarded Mitchell a lot better for the most part throughout the yes. game also. Because if you remember the last game that we played them, I felt like Grimes struggled, right? That was the game that, that Mitchell went off on that in that first yep. quarter. Yep. He hit like seven threes in that first quarter alone. Um, Grimes kind of struggled against him. And um, in that game specifically, a little bit of an adjustment again here, Tibbs leaned on Hart to close against Mitchell. Right. And yep. so last night I feel like Grimes, you know, kind of stepped up a little bit more and really, um, really played a lot more stronger against, uh, against Mitchell and really held them more in check throughout the game, you know, consistently. Yeah. I got to agree with that, but um, I, I'm just going to touch a little bit more on what you guys were talking about in terms of the, the three point shooting. Uh, it wasn't really great last night. We did see uh, the team go eight for 29, 27.6%, but we did also see a lot of like, quick shots like we're seeing Quentin Grimes you know go for a three miss the three but then somehow someone grabs I think Hart grabs the offensive rebound passes it back to Quentin Grimes he immediately shoots another three which uh, was short again right short again exactly the same amount of short give it to someone else and then I I shot it missed it yeah what are your thoughts on in general the three-point shooting and how I guess aggressively the Knicks have been looking to get that three-point shot off despite the misses they made. Would you like to continue to see that, or you're you're looking for yes. a little bit of a game? You've got to continue to shoot with confidence, right? To me, all that was it's game one jitters. That's it. I chalk it up to that. Two, three games, you're still your shooting is all right. Now you got to relax a little bit. Somebody's got to rub your shoulders. You know what I'm saying? But um, these guys are good. Grimes, quick. Um, I, I feel like they've pretty much gotten through it towards the end of the game. Grimes icing those two free throws at the end of the game. That's got to give him confidence. Um, I think their shots will definitely start falling a little bit more. I don't think it's that worrisome. You have to remember, too, we were never a hot three-point shooting team all season long. So as long as we can get back to somewhere around average, I think we'll be fine because we can make it up in so many other ways. Yeah, so moving into game two, what are some of the things that you're going to be looking out for, Danny? Um, Well, that's the thing, right? So we mentioned earlier, the Cavs have so many more adjustments to make than we do, right? Because... Mitchell's still going to be the showman, right? Maybe they throw a couple a couple different looks at us where they'll they'll roll a couple more screens off him. So maybe Mitchell, um, you know, gets a little bit more room. But that's an easy adjustment because our guys don't stop moving. You know what I'm saying? Like 
there was maybe only one or two plays last night that I thought that the Cavs moved the ball so well that our guys just ended up getting a, a step or two behind as the ball moved around. Normally, they're right on top of that, man. Like, their feet don't stop moving, man. Like, quick grimes, they're they're ahead of it. They're waiting for it all. You know what I mean? And they're telling everybody. So they're pretty on point with that. Um, I think the big thing is going to be exactly what it was for game one. I think it should be the exact same game plan. The only difference is that, like I said, the jitters. Hopefully, they all calm down a little bit more, which is going to help, you know, see their shots fall a little bit more. So that three-point percentage should probably go up. But rebounds right the extra effort is going to be the big thing throughout this entire series because it's going to be such a grindy game back and forth you're going to have Brunson and Mitchell dueling offensively throughout the game every game um so you got to take care of the little things right you got to keep the turnovers to a minimum I think when you have a game like last night where we had so many like that you're going to have the next game they're going to be a little bit more mindful and you're going to see that number come back down to earth a little bit um I don't think the game plan should change whatsoever it should definitely be exactly as it did rebounding should be a priority defense should be a priority um you know like I said, Brunson versus Mitchell. Um, and that's it. You know, keep everything else the same, man. You got to have that same intensity. You can't stop shooting with confidence because in game one um, on the road, you know, your shot just didn't fall. You know, take a breath. Know you got this. Know that, you know, you're trusted for the roles. The team got here for a reason. I think it'll be all right. I think if anything, I think um, game two will be a little bit more relaxed and we'll see a little bit more consistent Knicks ball, you know, a little bit more control more so throughout the game. Um, maybe the Cavs come back a little bit, a little bit feistier at first, but if we come out and just punch them right in the mouth and, and quell that right off the bat, that inexperience that they have, I think is going to show and we'll be able to just to take it and ride with it. That's how I'm feeling. And again, thank you for, you know, coming to talk to us and everything. Uh, oh, I just want to sw switch gears for a second. How does it feel like being consistently featured on SNY and like kind of like being the, the face of content creation? Like I'm a Mets fan. So like SNY is like always on in my house. And like I've I've turned it on. I've seen you on there. I've seen Candace on there. I've seen Kyle on there. So like how does it feel to like be able to one go from this place of just talking about the game in your car while you're like driving to work to to now being like the face of like I don't want to say amateur, but like not contracted like tv contracted um yeah not tv contracted like basketball talk amongst knicks fans like how, how does that feel personally for you so i'm weird about talking stuff like this uh you know like i just i never one it never seems real um two i feel like every time somebody brings this up to me i'll be at like a game and somebody will be like bro like i feel like you know i'm walking around with someone famous and i'll be like oh bro shut up man like nah you're crazy <laughs> And like, as soon as I say that, someone would be like, yo, Danny B, what's up? And like, I got to look at him and be like, it's not like that. You know what I mean? But yeah, honestly, it's it's surreal in a way. Like, I, I still can't believe that I all I did was, you know, film a quick video in the car ranting about the Knicks on my way to work. And so many people were able to relate to it, you know, that um, I'm still able to do it two years later and have so many people still interact with it on a daily basis. Like, it blows my mind. And the fact that it's taken me to, you know, so many more places, like you said, you know, being, you know, on um, with SNY and with New York Post, um, you know, and things of that nature. It's just uh, it's surreal, but it's exciting. You know what I mean? Because it's something that I love. And for me, I'm already doing it. So if I could make more out of it and still bring people like that real experience from a fan's perspective right because i feel like i kind of keep things pretty even keel i really don't gas things up too much i don't get too negative i kind of stay pretty much right down the line and i think that that's needed in such an environment like new york where 
it, every day is just a new reaction. You know what I mean? And if I could kind of help keep things even keel for the most part and people appreciate that, then I'll absolutely keep doing it. And and that's the only reason I do it, you know, is because so many people, um, you know, appreciate it and enjoy it. I actually, I put a, a tweet out yesterday, kind of just looking back at it because I, I really don't too often. And um, I was thinking about it yesterday before the game started. So I wrote this little, you know, thank you post and I appreciate that. And um, I was looking at it this morning. It had like 500 something likes, all these comments and stuff and reading through the comments, like, you just appreciate what you do a little bit more. You know what I mean? The fact that you see so many people, you know, thanking you and appreciating you and, you know, saluting you. And it's, it just, it never goes unnoticed, man. Like I, I want to say like every other morning drive, I always end it with like, thank you. I appreciate you. You know, something like that, because I really do. You know what I mean? It, it means so much. Um, it never gets old, man. It never does. Yeah. I mean, as fans of your work, we can say, you know, you know, overall that there's a, there's a level of authenticity that you bring to what you say. And I, that it's very clear when you're when you're putting out your takes for the Knicks and just <laughs> how you approach everything is. And I think as as people who view your your work, it's it's clear to us hearing it that what you're saying is true to 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 what you believe and and that your takes are are honest and you know and it's and it's entertaining as hell. So we're Dude, we're appreciative what you do and we love what you honestly do. We I hope say you keep I going. appreciate it so much, but like I really do like just you know. It helps, man. You know what I mean? In a world where there's so many different people out there trying to do so many different things, you know what I mean? To have just even you guys, you know what I'm saying? Right now, thanking me and appreciating me. It, it goes such a long way, man. I never lose sight of that. And, uh, you know, I, I pray I never do. And we got to give you the flowers while you're still here, man. But yeah. I don't have to say, you, you got to. Well, I, I need flowers to give back to you, bro. You, you, I no, flowers. you, you got to slow, bro. I, I'm begging you, slow your roll, bro. It's getting harder and harder to talk to you when we're at the games, man. There's always a crowd oh, around you. Like, I'm just trying to dap <laughs> you up. Like, we always talking, but there's always someone else. Yo, let me get a picture with Danny B. I'm like, yo, I'm just trying to dap him up. Like, I'm just trying to say, what's up, man? Like, nah, slow always, roll, bro. Man. Always <laughs> pop right up to me and say, what's up? You know that, man. You know that. It's always love. That's always. Yeah. And I appreciate what you guys do. Um, you know, you guys always keep it real. Also, um, first of all, I got my Knicks hat right up here, you know, with the rest of the gear. I, I know that's the Knicks one I'm pointing to, but it's up, up top. <laughs> up the we here towers. I got all my hats up there. Um, you know, so like I said, man, you guys keep holding it down and doing what you guys do, too, because uh, it goes a long way. You know what I mean? This Knicks community is deep. But I think that the cream that rises to the top, it rises to the top for a reason. You know what I mean? So um, you guys have definitely done that. So uh, just as much as you're giving me flowers, man, I got to hand them right back to you. Appreciate and, it, brother. And, and do us a favor, bro. Tell us tell us where to find your work, where to find you. Uh, you know, this is our platform. Our platform is to give you a platform and vice versa. And so tell us. Tell us where to find you, where to find your work, where to where to find everything, bro. Talk to us. I got you, bro. Well, if you if you literally want to find me, I'm on Long Island. Um, <laughs> but if you want to personally find me, um, I'm at Dan underscore NY underscore B on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, at the Knicks Wall on Twitter, Knicks Wall on uh, on Instagram. I'm always uh, always there. I'm at games. If you see me, come say what's up. Um, that's really it, man. You know, the morning drive is something I've been doing for a couple of years. It's a simple recap, uh, recap the game, two to three minutes. I give, um, you know, my opinions kind of mixed in there. And uh, I do it every every morning after the games during the week. You know what I'm saying? Since fatherhood came along, it's tough on the weekends. But um, <laughs> I wanted to this morning, man. Like, how could you not first play? And I, I, I couldn't get I couldn't get to it, man. So tomorrow morning, I'm definitely going to have to put out a drive to um, celebrate, you know, the uh, the Knicks victory. But um, yeah, man, that's that's you know, that's pretty much it. That's me. All right, you guys and, and heard listen, it here. You're getting the, the fresh Danny V thoughts on the Nickish pod. You know, right? shout out to you, man. Get for giving oh, us yeah, to nah, let us pick your brain apart. 
the people want to know, man, are there are there days when you're recording and you're not actually going anywhere? You just you're just like, I'm not going anywhere, <laughs> but I just got to pop into the car real quick and just and just hit so, that record button. At one or two times I've done that, right? Like one of the last time I did it was during the snowstorm. And that that's that's why I just didn't feel like driving around in snow. Like, <laughs> So I stayed I stayed in my driveway and um, I sat in the car. Right. And then the next snowstorm, I'm like. Why don't I even go out into the car? So I just sat right here and I had the phone right here, you know, but um, other than that, really, honestly, like I, I get up like maybe half an hour earlier to go to work and I just hop in the car and on the way to work, I'm recording. And um, by the time I get there, like I said, I'm a little early, so I'll just, you know, pop it on and, and just post it quick. And uh, that's all it is. You know what I mean? That's the morning drive. Behind <laughs> the scenes exclusive with Nick Ish on Danny's B's you know, morning drive. What else could you guys ask for, man? Like, hell yeah, bro. That's what's there up. You, there you have it, guys. Nickish guest of the month for April, Danny B. Make sure you follow him, show him some love. Shout out to Salute. Danny. Shout out to Nick's Wall. We love everything you guys are doing. And oh, uh, I make love sure the you- off season uh, Nick's Wall thing. Oh my gosh, yeah. Ryan is so good at that, dude. He's so good. First of all, he put out a video after the, the Cavs game last night. Of, I don't think it was a stunner. It's see, I I fell off with wrestling, so it's. Oh man, it was somebody's move who it looks like a stunner, but it's off the shoulder. It's like here. Boom, RKO. Right? Yes, it yeah. wasn't RKO. Thousand yeah. percent. And you had the Cavs <laughs> face on the guy getting RKO'd with the Knicks face on <laughs> it was great, bro. And he's uh, so good. Man, it was like, what's up, Cavs Twitter? Knicks take game one. And then th- that video right there, I was like, Oh, this is awesome. Um, he's killing it, man. Ryan kills it with the videos. If you guys haven't seen any, definitely go to the Knicks wall uh, on Twitter and go check out the videos because the graphics that, that Ryan puts together are so good. So good. So good, man. I appreciate all you guys. Thank you again for uh, for having me on and uh, chopping it up, man. Love talking, Knicks. Of course, man. There you guys have it. Uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at NickishNYC. Uh, subscribe to our podcast. Give us that five-star review. Follow Danny. And uh, shout out to the Knicks, man. Game two, Tuesday. Let's get Let's that get W. Until next Another time, take care. Bag. Let's do it. Peace, guys. Peace. Later.